You're listening to a DM podcast. Hey, we are back in the football shed, the podcast for football fans that live in the wrong time zone. My name's John Hewitt and Jeff King is here. Good day. And Roger Gibbs is here. Hello. And this is the last one the three of us are here for like three weeks because Jeff goes on holiday. Then I go on holiday, and it's Christmas and shit, so... Wow, that's amazing. What a year it has been, John, in the shed. We've done about 400 shows, it feels like, this year, I think. Probably about 70 or 80, which is about 100 hours of podcasting. 100 hours. Poor bastards who listen to this. So we're going back to virtual? No. Kind of seems like a long time, No. No, we'll just, all, we'll just all wait so it won't be the three of us in the room at the same time. Yeah, come well, that's on, what Rich. I mean. You, you got the calendar. Isn't that? No. Oh, we'll do date no. nights. Yeah, we'll do date right. nights. Okay. Oh, God. No. Should we start again? Sorry, yeah. everyone. <laughs> we had this discussion. Right? Okay. Um, I have to also do, before we get stuck in, a bit of an apology. We did One Beer Wonder at the weekend, which was Roger's first, which I think was really good. And we did about... And uh, also why it went wrong. Yes. <laughs> We did a uh, media narratives um, and media bias, but there's about 20 minutes in, there's about two minutes of horrible sound. And thanks to Chris for pointing it out. I'm not sure how it got in there, but it's now deleted. So if you download it now, it's fine. What kind of sound? That's helpful, John. So we right. apologise next week about this, <laughs> yeah. uh, about this podcast. <laughs> well, that's my fault, really. Um, Ross, did you bring a beer with you? Uh, yeah, I did. I, I'm taking it fairly easy um, this evening as as we are heading away uh, this for weekend. the weekend to record some podcasts um, whilst drinking lots of beer in the country. Uh, I've just got a um, uh, Hop Nation, um, the Heart Pale, which is, uh, I reckon, one of the best brewers in Melbourne. And exciting news. Yeah. Um Garage Project from New Zealand. Is moving to Melbourne or setting up uh, in Melbourne? They're setting up with the help of Hop Nation That's initially. Be so long, like long-term plan is Garage Project coming over, but initially they're going to brew with the Hop Nation guys yeah. um, and you, you know use their equipment and um, Make beers. release under their banner and stuff. So yeah, exciting times. Are you excited by that, Jeff? I literally switched off. <laughs> so, so I, I was... Paying attention to the plant in the room that was, I'm like, oh, I should probably water that plant. I just accept this now. Jeff's a lost cause. Um, what beer did you bring, Jeff? Well, I mean, I should probably pour in the Cheap. plant, that poor plant. Cheap. No, that's not. It's Wacker Changi. Cheap. It's Wacker Changi. It's my new favourite beer, Wacker Changi. It disappeared from the shop, remember? I was now, lost. why is it your favourite beer? Because it's reasonably priced <laughs> and tastes Cheap. good. Cheap. <laughs> Look, cheap is a relative term. Okay, mm. cheap. Is Audi five dollar wine? Is Audi five dollar wine? <laughs> <laughs> I always win on the cheap every week. Yeah, because yeah. it's five bucks. Um, every week we start with a question, but before we do that, if you want to get involved in the football shed community, um, head to our Facebook group, Shedders and Volleys, um, where you can talk nonsense about football, give us ideas for one beer wonders, um, or if you're a bit more old school like Rog, you can email us at footballshedpodcast at gmail This week's question, um. Is I don't know how to word it, so we'll, we'll see. Well, it's a good start. We'll see how it comes out. Doing well today, John. Doing well. So, <laughs> what is the best assist goal come duo? So, who has provided the most assists for someone and also scored the most goals? So, between the two of them, who have scored the most? Dwight York and Andy Cole. No. Harry Kane and Sun. No. 
Lampard and Drogba. Yes. How many do you reckon Lampard and Drogba got? Just as their as whole careers or in their a whole a season. Now, can I just confirm, is this like assisting each other? So to, so one could be Lampard to Drogba or Drogba to Lampard. Yes. Okay. No, and that's not two because one assisted and one took a goal. No. That's one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think... No, you can go first, Rog. 27? Oh, that is so, so little. 28. <laughs> 36. <laughs> In their whole career. Now, the reason I bring it up, Son and Kane... About to break it. I've done it 11 times this season. Yeah. That is incredible. In 11 games. That is absolutely which incredible. Which is ridiculous. Um, so I just was like, that's insane. And they're getting fairly close, are they? To drop they're in their 20s, I think. Yeah. Maybe that's yeah. where I got the 20. Yeah, yeah, but uh, no, I just thought that was impressive. So can, I think maybe can, can we on. just dwell on how good it was watching Drogba and Lampard for a minute? Yeah, sure. Because I, I remember go, I remember going to an Everton game, Goodison Park, uh, obviously against Chelsea, <laughs> and it's always good to watch the other team. Oh, at that point, it was better to watch the other team. I remember, um, but Drogba and Lampard were unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. Lampard scored. It was one of those games where Drogba scored from about thirty yards. Yeah, I was like, that is one of the best goals I've seen live. That's amazing. And then suddenly Lampard scores from thirty-five yards. I'm like, what, That's, the, what the fuck is happening here? Like, I don't see this at Goodison Park. I see Tony Hibbard like marauding down the wing. Like, I'm not. I'm not used to this. That's what I liked about Drogba though. Is he's a big beast of a striker, and he scores his headers and his big like elbow you in the face. And then score a wonder goal from 35 Absolutely yards. Absolutely yeah. right. Like, where did that come from? But I, it's funny. I wonder, in the breakdown of assists, I don't feel like Frank would have very many. Like, unless a shot that is saved counts as an assist, then Frank. Lampard might have quite a few. Because, like, you know, he's always was always Johnny on the spot, turn yeah. up late in the box, got lots of goals. But I, he wasn't, you know, playing delicate through balls. No, or, he'd always do that dink over the top. Yeah, could do. I sp- um, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Um, of those 36, 24 Lampard assists. Oh, there you wow. go. Wow. Why is it Johnny on the spot? What, that, what does that even mean? I know what it means. Why does it mean it? I don't know. Uh, is I, it one of those terms that's now been banned because it's, it, like, it's got a bad No, but I believe it origin. has some uh, some war connotations. First of all, Ah, so Johnny wasn't a good name to have in the war because no. you were on the Must spot. Like- no, no, no. As in, it's good to be the John- like Johnny on the spot was somebody that... Um, was, was in the there right place. at the right time, right place, right time. I can't. Oh, I, I somebody, like can, somebody can fact check me, but um, I'm sure that's something to do with war. You know, you know why they call it a jerry can? Why? No, I'm asking. Do you? Um, after Roger's dad. Oh, yeah, Rog. There you go. <laughs> anyway, sorry, as you were, what was the what, football? Football. Well, we were talking. Well, we were talking Kane and Son. So I feel like we should start with Spurs beating Arsenal two 0 in the North London derby. Was it the most predictable result? Ever? Can we talk about the goals first before we go into yeah. the game? Sure, go. I just, just especially the second goal. Yeah, like you know, gr- like great counter attack. But I don't actually want to talk about the kind of crafting of the goal being a great counter attack because it was. It was. All I really want to talk about is Sun's little pass to Kane and Kane's little run around the back. Oh, yes. for the second goal, yeah. Sun's step overs just basically to waste time until Kane got there and then slips the ball at just the perfect time without looking and Kane wallops in with his left foot. Now, it kind of... It's such a good finish it, on as well. The, yeah, on the, sch- on the scheme of things, you're kind of like, well, maybe it wasn't that great. But then you watch it again and again and again and you realise how many things had to go perfectly and be timed perfectly for that little interchange between the two of them to work. And it's brilliant. It, absolutely brilliant. Do you think you can defend it? 
Like, if you were playing against Spurs... Well, <laughs> it's, 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 Arsenal had a player off the pitch, though, didn't they? In quite a crucial moment. It was like a crucial part of the pitch. It was like Moses parting the sea. I was like, but the thing was, it was like, when I watched it initially, you know, it wasn't even half-time yet. And I'm like, why is there four against two? It's not even half-time. Arsenal, like, you don't need to go... Oh, yeah, well, there's a little bloke standing at the bottom having a chat to Mikel. You should be back on, mate. But then Arteta pushes him to get him back on, and then he tries to run, and then pulls his yeah although he tried to run he looked he's like there's no point running to this I've yeah. already fucked this up I think yeah. that that's like a whole subplot that deserves yeah. pulling apart but do you reckon if you're Everton say or you, as a Man United fan you can look at Spurs and you know it's Kane and Son show isn't it you know that they're going to play deep and then they're going to get the ball to Kane he's going to either put Son through or he's going to pass it to Son he's going to pass it back to Kane can you defend it do you just go man to man against them it's hard when a team has two players that could be so influential on their own mm. so look at um look at t- okay, oh, you said Everton so look at the way uh James Rodriguez gets man marked at the moment he has two players on him right if you are a team with a single player like Crystal Palace not yeah. a single player like I don't want to be disrespectful yeah, to him, but, you're, you're, but but if you if you're a team a where, where someone is obviously superior than the yeah. rest of that side yeah, you have a Messi you have a you have a Zaha yeah. you have a Wilf yeah. for for Crystal Palace he gets two players on him the whole time you have to you'd be able to use that as Crystal Palace to free up the space if you have two players in your side which say Kane and Son are right now that both of those independently could be the Zaha or the Hammers it means that what are you going to afford on these players to stop them doing what they need what they want to do and they also don't have set positions it's not like they mm. both like Son only plays right wing or Kane only plays as number nine they drop off and swap and so it can be in different places different sizes of the pitches so it's very difficult to plan I th- I against think, and the interesting thing this year that perhaps we we didn't know really was that previously you would have said if Kane drops off don't worry about it He's not going to hurt us, yeah. you know. Don't let him have a shot from thirty yards because that could hurt us. But if he if he drops back between midfield and attack, you know, he's probably going to give the ball off. You'd welcome and then, it, wouldn't yeah, you? and then yeah. try and get in the box, and then we'll pick him up when he gets in the box. Whereas all of a sudden, he seems to have added this you know new facet to his game. The new Teddy Sheringham, but yeah, with his passing ability, and it has given it's allowing Spurs to play the way that they're playing. But I think it's interesting with Spurs setting up the way that they are so deep in that there aren't really many other teams doing it particularly teams that also have serious top end talent because mm. everyone is is more now going more towards the press you know which means if anything you play a high line um whereas Mourinho hasn't really changed his method much over time it's kind of like we'll sit deep yeah. and we'll get it for, we'll get it forward quickly and have some some pace and directness you know when when we counter um, so I mean, for instance, I'm really looking forward to the Liverpool Spurs game in a couple of weeks because oh, yeah, it's, it's just huge. two completely contrasting styles. And whilst it might be, there's every chance it could get very ugly. Mm. I mean, it's 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 really interesting because I do think that in a way, is there much you can do about Spurs and uh, Kane and Son for Spurs? Maybe not, but they are very reliant on it because I th- I always think back with the way Mourinho plays. The time when it turned for you was when Man United went away to Liverpool. Yeah, we were you winning were, four nil, four nil, yeah, four nil, smashing mm. teams. And then against away at Liverpool, we went. We'll just sit back and get the nil nil. Absolutely, and, part the bus. Yeah, and it just you saw the momentum and mm. the life draining out of a team before your eyes. Yeah, 
And I think Harry Kane gets injured every year. Harry Kane will get injured at some point this year. And my concern about Spurs would be if Kane, you know, Kane gets injured, are they the same team? But every, so you can say that about every single club in the Premier League. They have a player, if they get injured, they're a different Van side. No. They, they don't. Well, I don't know if I agree because look at Liverpool. Like they've well, no, already but, had. But know, we said that every injury they got. That's what, that's what I mean. Like, like well, the, Let's look at that Liverpool Spurs game, right? Only one of those teams would be tempted to change their tactics in that game. And I'd say that's Liverpool. Yeah. Because Spurs are set up to absorb what Liverpool offer. But by Liverpool doing that, they are going to leave space behind behind their marauding fullbacks. Liverpool will want Thiago back by then. Exactly. Right. Yeah, but, but to Liv- give them something different. So yeah. anything out wide and deep against Liverpool is going to expose the space that they'll leave. And I think Spurs are set up to absorb Liverpool the way they are. So Liverpool are going to have to change what they do against Spurs, not the other way around. And I think that... Uh, there's no way that I would have said that this time last year. So, so what Spurs are doing works so well that teams are having to change the way they play against them. On Harry Kane, have you seen this uh, kind of controversy about him backing into defenders? Mm. Mm. So he start he does it all the time um, in defending, in defending and attacking, like when he's back for corners or whatever. Um, and he backs into a player, and then they jump over him. It's called bumming. He bums them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's what... No, it's true. It's, true. it's <laughs> called bumming. It's a, it's a football technique. Is he bums the, them, yeah. yeah so You've when... seen the footage of him bumming, haven't you? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes, I've seen him bum. Yes. He's a good, yes. good bum. He, he bummed. Who did he bum the other day? Stop saying <laughs> bum. <laughs> Shut up. Um, but, so, but Tim on Facebook made a very good point. It's the fact that he takes his eye off the ball each time, and just looks to make contact, makes it a foul. So he doesn't... And Tim also says that's a free kick in AFL because you're basically making it impossible for this person to land. Um, and Barry Glenn Denning on um, The Guardian saying someone's going to get injured because every time, if you watch all the replays, they land on their neck, on their head. Yeah. Um, and it's getting to a point where it's genuinely dangerous. Bumming but- is dangerous, John. <laughs> Stop saying bumming. <laughs> Stop saying it's bumming. It's a football term. It's not. It's just heading, annoying, Jeff. Heading, shut up. bumming. No, shut up. Um, and no, it's annoying. You've lost my train of thought now. <laughs> uh, back right, someone's going to get hurt. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, yeah, because they're, all they're doing is ended up just pushing into them and then they're going to land on their head and he keeps getting a free kick for it. So should there be, should he be getting a free kick against him? I, I think if you like, if you tunnel someone... Which is what you're saying. I That's think, what it's called, not bumming. I think if it's oh, if it's tunneling. if it's fifty fifty, tunnels. Then I'm fine. Like if you know if they, if a player's backing in, but there's wrestling involved, then I kind of feel like that's that's a contest. And I'm happy to watch that. But if one player is trying to play the ball and go up in the air, and then you get the striker backing in, yeah, which I think is what you're exactly what happens, to, yeah, Then yeah. to me, it that is jump. not okay because and he's looking at the defender. Yeah, it's that is. He he has a duty of care that that defender's going to be okay. And if he if you're in the air, you know it's one of the most vulnerable positions in sport because you can't control. If somebody tips you in the air, you're going to tip. And mm. so I, to me, that should be a foul. I don't mind him backing in, yeah. and I think that's part of general play. But as soon as someone is actively trying to play the ball and go in the air, then that's a free kick. I, I completely agree, and I think he's been caught out. I, I, I yeah. think the um. The footage that's been montaged that everyone's been looking at this week, yeah. it's consistent what he's doing. Yeah, we put it on the Shedders and Volleys group and it is, you suddenly watch the montage of it and you're like, oh, this is awkward. He knows what he's doing and he wins yeah. the foul, so he's yeah. going to keep doing it. When we were talking about Liverpool changing their way of play, mm. there's an interesting part to that that maybe 
they don't need to change it much with this Spurs and Arsenal game. All I can hear which, in my head is Jeff say bum. Which is the... <laughs> the, the it's football, John. It's a footballing term. Where Spurs allowed the space was wide in forward areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Arsenal, Arsenal had 44 crosses in this game. That's crazy. Which is, which is an awful lot of crosses. Now... And they didn't uh, do anything well, but with it. Not, they don't have the players there set up to benefit from these crosses. Now, Tierney, I think, is a really good crosser of the ball. Yeah. So you've got someone there that is a pretty good crosser of the ball. Lacazette and Aubameyang are okay in the air. But, but you, you wouldn't great. say they're like great like target men that you go, mm. yeah, you're going to win this header against a big defender. They're just not, no. That's not the kind of players they are. But I look at Liverpool. Now, Liverpool have some, I think, Matic, scored a really good header at the weekend. But Liverpool have some good players in, in the air. Mane is very much underrated in the air. I think, even think Salah is underrated yeah. in the air for how small he is. But in Robertson and, and Alexander-Arnold, they essentially have two players that can cross the ball so well, it is a pass. Yeah, you're so right. I think if Spurs right. allow Liverpool that same space in wide areas, they are much more likely to hurt Spurs mm. than Arsenal did. Fascinating game this, tactically fascinating. And it will probably be a low scoring game. Yeah. I, I might eat my words for that, but it will be a, a tactical masterclass on both sides because both will be hyper aware of what's going on. Do you think Arteta should have done something differently? Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, that was excellent. What he did was. A, he didn't do anything, it was just, it was just meek. And. Because we're it, saying we knew what Mourinho was going to do. Everyone well, knew. Well, that, that's the thing. You watch the game. Even and Mark Lawrenson would have clawed it. That yeah, game. yeah, yeah. You go, Spurs are going to win this kind of one or two nil. They'll just sit back, hit him on the counter attack. Like, it was so obvious. Probably Son, probably Kane. Yeah, yeah, and like, it's the most, it's almost boring because it was just so predictable. And But you could see Jose at the end in his post-match interview. He was just laughing and giggling. It's just like, this was the easiest game ever. Because he knew exactly what to do, and that's piss poor from Arteta. But in, the players at his disposal, I suppose you'd say, what would he do? But I think the interesting thing for me is that Arsenal tried to change it up a bit in the last few games because they haven't been as creative. Um, whereas actually, if they would have gone back in this game to their more three-four-three, three, yeah, and like set up like they did against United to essentially just you know be solid first try and win the midfield battle and then see what happens they probably would have given them the best chance of getting a result in the game yeah but uh, I think they tried he put Lacazette in a free roll which I just thought Lacazette is not a free if you're going to put someone in a free roll you have got possibly if you're going to give someone a free roll <laughs> in your squad you He's have probably got still number, got one of the play. best players in the world that could have a free well, role. He, he was. He might just be a yeah. fat golfer now. It's been know. too long, but I just yeah. kind of think if you're going to change your team around and give someone a free role, is it a bit bizarre that he it's just... Lacazette. It's Lacazette for a London derby. Did you see... Like, you can tell that Mourinho had his absolute number with his interview after the game. Mm. So when Mourinho said, oh, I think Mik Mikel Arteta set his team up really well. He was really good today. That's what Mourinho <laughs> says. And you know he's about to say, like He's about to just like rub his face in Backhanded it. Backhanded. He goes, he set his team up really well. You could see that in the first half, he pressed the right players at the right time. In the second half, he played triangles. <laughs> like, so you were basically just going... 
That was elementary school book, like yeah, schoolyard stuff. I'm like, I knew what you were doing in the first half and the second half, and I set my team up against it, and we beat you 2 0. He's just like, oh, you did really well. I'm like, oh, yeah. It's you, when Mourinho, yeah, you're right. When Mourinho yeah. says that and gives a compliment, you know, it's just he's got like, you. Yeah. yeah, he's got, he's in your head. Um, let's go on to the Liverpool Wolves game. We've touched on Liverpool a bit. Um, they beat Wolves 4 0, which I did not see coming. And I think we mentioned it last week that Liverpool are just doing. Really, they're really good at football, <laughs> which is fair Connor enough. Cody, uh, the scouser, yeah, helped them out Adam a little Mare. bit in the first goal. He's Mare. very good, but if, do you know, even that though, you have to also give credit to Salah, yeah, like he just he he suddenly appeared like a thief yeah. in the night, like picked his pocket, and it was so quick that initially I was like, that's a massive error, but maybe. In hindsight, it wasn't so good. Millimetres of an error that made... It was exposed. Yeah. yeah. You were right. And you were saying earlier about Trent Alexander-Arnold. Play, he came back and came on as a sub. Had one cross, which was probably the greatest pass oh, of course, the season. Yeah. You're just like, where did this come from? And so he's just straight back into it. It was a brilliant... It, it, he does what very few players do, which is play the pass that you can never see as a football yeah. fan. Like You've watched football for your whole life and still... You're like, how freeze frame? And you go, where's he going to put that ball? You can't see space behind the whole back line for the ball to slowly stop where, where you want it. Like, it's just so beautiful. You see Kevin De Bruyne do it. Mm-hmm. You're like, how have you not only had the ability to execute that, but had the vision to go, oh, it's there. And not only that, but you obviously do it consistently in training because they make the runs to find that ball that doesn't exist yet. It's funny with the right back too, but you, it's interesting you make that comparison because I think they are... Their passing ability, mm. not necessarily, I'm not just saying vision, I mean, vision's part of it, but that just their ability to, like, the skill to execute the mm, pass. Yeah. Bend the ball like that. I'm putting it there. Yeah, and I'll I get put it there. Alexander Arnold and De Bruyne above anybody else in the Premier League by yeah. a bit. Yeah, and do you yeah. know, do you know the, the thing that sets it aside, in my, this is just my opinion, the thing that sets it aside, it's all, my, it's all our opinion. We do a podcast, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, you can steal yeah. our opinions. Yeah. <laughs> the, the thing that sets it aside is the pace of the ball. So yeah. it's not that they can put it wherever they want it because there's a whole heap of players that can put it wherever they want it, but they can stop it dead yes. where they want it. You know, they can put it to to slow down at the right yeah. part of the pitch, which is almost like playing golf. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it's the, the backspin. And the, or the hit top. it hard. Yeah, like or, whatever or it calls it. Yeah. for. Like it's the pace on yeah. the ball, which is which is where it's so delicate and succulent and beautiful, and and, and that's why you don't see it because you you know you kind of you see these lines as a fan, but but to, you don't experience that pace. It's amazing but to watch. There was an interesting article about the Spurs thing with the lost art of crossing, but mm. it was uh, Jonathan Liu in the in the yeah. Guardian. And he was just sort of talking about how it, it kind of felt like Arsenal were just lumping it in because they couldn't really do anything Didn't else. Didn't think of anything else. But yeah. also there's a bit of a... And I kind of agree with, with his opinion, which is that there's a bit of perception in football at the moment that you put in a cross when, you know, at, kind of as a last resort. Yeah, when you can't, when you can't pick, pass. Yeah, you can't yeah. pick apart a team yeah. with passing, mm-hmm. kind of because of the way teams are playing at the moment. And then you cross it in. Yeah. Or which, if you're Man City, you wait till the very last minute and you cut it back. Yeah, like, that's which across. is a bit weird. Yeah. But then the two teams last season, by a long way, that scored the most goals from crosses? Man City and Liverpool. Man City and Liverpool. Yeah. So I think, But I think also they just cross in a way that... It's, it's a not, pass. It's not yes, a hoop. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's not just a, oh, get it in the box and hope. They actually do something clever with it. On... um. Wolves. Actually, no, before I go to Wolves, I did want to mention Curtis Jones at Liverpool, who's come into the team, gone into midfield. They've had a lot of injuries. He's looked really good. Like, he just looks assured. He doesn't look like he's rushed. He's 
bigger than I thought. He's like six foot two, and he just looks like he's a really good centre midfielder. And he's suddenly got a player that they go. Oh. Can I just compliment Liverpool? Sure. It, it, it's not. Um, it's not often that I do it. So I'll like, I'll punctuate it with this is what I'm going to do and remember it. And it, okay. it won't happen that much. But so, it, and I'll start with a negative. It took Klopp five years. <laughs> <laughs> took, took Klopp five years, isn't it, to win a trophy? Ah, uh, four. Four years. Yeah. Firstly, the fact that they stuck with him for four years yes. is, is excellent. And you yes. know, look at all of these experiences they're having now and you know, Mikel Arteta under pressure, whatever. But yeah. what he did in that four years was he created a footballing ethos and culture throughout the youth academies as well as the first team. And yeah. the reason why they bought into what he was doing was because they could see it be victorious up and down their age groups. Yeah. What that has done after now five years or six years, he's in his sixth year, fifth year, uh, sixth year at Liverpool. Yeah. It means that when there are times where you have to draw on your reserves, you know, I've been whinging about Klopp complaining, so I'm like, you know, play your resi. Yeah. But when they come in, they play in exactly the same way as the first team. And I know that might sound really basic, but it takes a manager being there for an extended period of time, 100%. completely reviewing, assessing, getting new coaches in that, that yeah. play a certain brand of football overhauling it and having this ethos of a club and yeah and having the faith in the club that we can bring in this person to coach the under 16s this person's under 18s and we can teach these players to play in a certain way yeah and then know that there's progress for it because most managers live off the fact that if I don't get a result this week I've lost my job and that's it and and those those coaches are a team of coaches yeah. and Jurgen Klopp is part of the team of coaches and they all have the same rule book and then you see them sign players it seems like Naby Keita we've spoken about it so much it takes six months for Naby Keita to get in the side because he has to be indoctrinated to this type of Liverpool football he's yeah. a great footballer but it's not just add great footballer number six to, yeah. to squad squad gets better yeah. it's no no come in you're a great footballer but you now have to play like Liverpool yeah. if it takes you six months that's cool because we think you're great but we're going to wait six months because you need to be a cog in our machine yeah. a bit different to Man City so probably a, a yeah. different analogy but I've got to take my hat off to the the project that has been achieved at Liverpool. We're seeing the fruits of it by by these players that are coming in that you might the average Joe has never heard of, and you're going, well, how's he so good? Yeah. He's so good because of the last five years at that club. Yeah, and you're, you're spot on with the with it being the team, you know. And mm. it is we've talked about the transfer policy uh, that was initially mocked um, under mm. under Rogers, the committee. But yeah, it's the same people. Na- now, the same people, and they're ahead of the game. You know, we talked about them looking at least two windows ahead. You know, you talk about their youth coaches. Obviously, Klopp bought a couple of his mm. trusted lieutenants in, but it, it, it's... Ha- and we we talked about it a bit with Southampton last week. You know, it is... Um, it, it's... It's having an, that approach through the clubs. It's not just one man. And it's yeah. interesting because, again, like, just to go back to the Spurs analogy... I don't know. I don't know enough about Spurs, but I can't imagine that is happening at Spurs mm, because no. of the way that Mourinho is. He's old school. He never is, ever I, I, happens to I, a Mourinho. I side. am the manager, yeah. so it's always going to be success. Is always going to yes, it might come because he's very very good at his job. Like they yeah, have his to win this year amazing. or next year. Yeah, but that's it. It's got a, it's got a short mm. lifespan yeah. because. Because he doesn't pay any attention to so many aspects of the football club, mm. his focus is literally on Win. purely winning and yeah. everything he, else. I don't care about. Yeah. You know, three years time, fuck it. All yeah. I want yeah. to do is win this year. You know, and yeah. That's you look it. at the resis. If they're not good enough, you won't think about them again for a year. No, cast he them, buy cast yeah. them yeah. off. Yeah. 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 Um, one last thing I wanted to mention about Wolves is 
Podence, Pod- is that his name? Yeah. The guy who plays up front for, well, he's really good. Yeah. Um, he looks like the next <laughs> Liverpool player. I thought you wouldn't like him. No, I didn't think I would either. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I've watched him a bit this year and I was a bit suspect. And yeah. and I was like, oh, is he good? And then I've, I've sort of watched him in a few games live. And I'm like, Actually, I think he's quite I good, but John will hate him. decided at the start of the year he's shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then have, gra- <laughs> have gradually watched him and gone... Oh, he's, I'm wrong. I'm getting wronger. I'm really wrong. Yeah, he was good. Like I think there's there's a player there. Um, and then watching him against Liverpool, I also went, oh, he's the next one to go to Liverpool or somewhere like that. Um, he looks really good. We, we should say, while it, up until nil nil as well, Wolves were definitely in this game. Four nil is probably a bit unfair on yeah. Wolves. I, I also think Wolves are pretty dull. We know that. Traore has been injured a lot this year. And they're not going to God, he adds something minutes. more to their team. Like yeah. he's, you know, he had a couple of moments in this game. Like he, I just love watching him. Yeah, he's brilliant. Mm. Yeah. Um, let's go on to the last of the top three. So Chelsea beat Leeds 3 um, 1 in the end. Um, and they kind of made it look easy, which at the moment for against the Leeds side, that doesn't happen very often. So Chelsea are looking suddenly like they got their act together, they're defending well, Giroud's playing brilliantly, Lampard's got it all under control. Well, I mean, when you watch this game, you watch it in its entirety, Leeds, as always this year, were very good. Mm, yeah. yeah. Very very good. Um, Leeds... The first half was so much fun to watch as yeah, well. It was brilliant. They, were, they, they pestered them all over the park. I, I think the... The difference was, and this sounds like such a cliche, the difference was a little bit of quality. Yeah. And as we spoke, and when individuals were called upon for Chelsea, they had it. And there were so many moments for Leeds where they didn't. And yep. Leeds will smash teams, but Chelsea are very good and they have that quality and that will always overcome a buzzard. And they have a confidence at the moment that they will win because they went down early to the goal and Bamford's goal was, Kelvin Phillips's ball for that goal was brilliant, but they went down early, but there wasn't, I think last year that Chelsea side may have just panicked a little bit or tried too hard or kind of thought, oh shit, we've got to get back into this. And then if they weren't back in it quickly, they started sweating. Whereas they just took their time, got back into it and calmly went about it and won really easily. Did you see a goal from a corner? Like I, I think Chelsea have multiple ways that they can hurt you now, which maybe you wouldn't necessarily have said last year. And Mm. they're, they're a physical... They're a physical side. I mean, and it's kind of interesting because I remember Frank came out at some point last year and said the problem was Chelsea didn't have enough big players and he wanted to go out and sign. Oh, that's right. Not, yeah. You know, the, the answer was to go and fight, sign big blokes. five big blokes. Mm. Um, I don't know if they've necessarily gone out and done that, but like Kurt Zuma scored four goals this year in the league. He's yeah. a joint, yeah, joint top scorer. Amazing, but yeah. like I'm watching him at corners, I'm like, that is a threat. Like yeah. he is, he doesn't always. Um, make the contact that he wants, but just the fact that he does, yeah, trying to mark him. But I'm like, you know, adding that in to we know they've got quality in the in the final third. So all of Mm. a sudden, if you're also a threat from from set pieces, I mean, I I, I'm I'm sort of becoming more and more impressed with Chelsea. I I think in a very even year, yeah, they they are they. I put them a little bit below Liverpool for mine, who are still the favourites, but. They are without doubt in that top four. Yeah, the, the the thing you know, last year they scored inside channel goals all the time. Yeah, do, do you know what I mean? They, yeah. they found the space between the fullback and the and the centre back, and their players running on the outside, cutting in, running on the inside, cutting out, and they scored inside channel goals. Yeah. And they, some of them were excellent. This year they're they're playing round the back. They're they're crossing it in from deep. They're playing through the middle of the park. They are they are. 
they have spread their attack across the yeah. whole pitch. Yeah. And we didn't see that last year. And, and you're what, right, Rod. There are different ways to score goals and Chelsea have got them all. And even like Timo Werner's playing well but not scoring and one of the greatest misses of all time <laughs> this week. Like It's going in and then he mistimes it and then hits the bar from underneath the bar. Um, you can but, see it just won't go in for him. It's yeah, weird because yeah. I, really, I think he's really I, good I but it just, there's just something in the moment the ball won't go in for him. But it will go in for when him. It clicks, yeah. it'll click. Yeah, and that's the thing with Chelsea at the moment is it's not clicked for Werner yet and they're third and two points off the top and looking really good. Havertz hasn't played well yet. Werner hasn't played well yet. They're the two big signings of the summer. So once they, uh, mm. a few more months into it and kind of up to speed or whatever, or it clicks, then you suddenly go, shit. Are they, they a legitimate challenger for the league? Do you think? I, I have to say yes. Yeah, I, I, think, I think the top three right now is the top three. In that order? No. I think Man City might have something to say about it having said it out loud, and they've gone, where's Man City? But I think those three teams, I think they've got the right squads for this season. They play the right way for this season. Liverpool are the best team in the league. Mm. And I just think Chelsea got the options and Spurs play ugly. What what a great season. Yeah. It's, it's rare that we see such good football so spread even, evenly. A um, couple of tiny quick things on Leeds. Um, their defender got injured and Lorente came on and he played his debut, Spanish defender was fucking awful. (laughs) (laughs) And he came on and that's when Leeds went wrong. He went, uh, so that screwed them over. And also their winger, Poveda, I think his name is, went through. um, I think this is at 1-0, maybe 2-1 to Chelsea. And he he didn't go down. And it was... um, was 2-1 to Chelsea. Yeah, Yeah. Chilwell kicks him. And it was Mm. exactly the same as the Andy Robertson penalty last week against Brighton. Um, and he kicks Welbeck. Welbeck, yeah. Yep. And he kicks Welbeck, and they review it because Welbeck's gone down and go, it's a penalty. If he goes down, they review it, it's a penalty, and he doesn't go down. And it's just one of those where you go, it's, it's a, it's we're talking about identical this, like incidents. Yeah. We're yeah. talking about this specific thing every week now. Yeah, for the last month of a player not going down and not getting anything, and what message does that? Send yeah. and they've got to every week. That. This is a this is going to become a systematic. Well, p- systematic particularly. Problem. We also have to make a decision on how we use VAR with that because it it the, it gets Hang on. It, no VAR no not, but it gets it gets <laughs> amplified right yeah because we see we both see instances it, yeah. so we see the instance where it's a penalty yes and then we see another instance and they're exactly the same but the only difference is one player's gone down and one's not whereas yeah. if we don't get VAR we might not notice that so yeah. I think there has to be a decision on it because if we're going to try and get so many decisions right by using VAR. We can't then have a different outcome purely because a player's gone down or not, because no. that that's yes. not no because that, that's not in the rules of football. No, no, no. The rule I, of no, football I, is I whether it's it, a foul. I mean, we still saw it anyway. Like, like we we would have still seen those incidents on replay anyway. So we yeah. would still be debating whether one was one and one was the but other. Pre-VAR. Sorry, I just smashed my... But they've got, we've got the ability to do something about it now. Yeah, yes, yeah, pre-VAR, we wouldn't have had... The Welbeck penalty wouldn't have been a penalty. Yeah. And nor would this one, and we wouldn't have noticed them. But now we're noticing them. Or we would have said they both should have been, we should introduce video referees. Yeah, No, but, I, and, but then... <laughs> and I don't want to go down this, this rabbit hole, but the other issue is that instance probably happens... 10, 15 times in a game yeah. where two players go to kick the ball at the same time, one slightly before the other. Yeah. And in a lot of other places on the pitch, it's not a foul. Mm. And if that's the case, it shouldn't be a penalty. Yeah, totally agree. Um, let's move on to the next three in the league. 
Um, because it's interesting, this week the whole top six won. Um, and last week we were talking about how the players, at the, uh, the teams at the top didn't win. Um, they've all won this week. But is that right that they have won? The whole Don't, top seven won. Yeah, the whole top seven won, in fact. But I think that's partly just because the league's so close. So if you win, you go to the top. Mm. So it might not be a big theory around it. Um, but let's talk about Man United. Man United beat West Ham um, in the league. They also got knocked out in the Champions League this morning, which was awful. But we'll stick for West Ham game first. Oli rests players um, for the Champions League, goes 1-0 down, brings on Bruno, win 3-1. One man team. It's real. It seems really simple to me. Rashford came on too. Yes. He brought on Bruno and, yeah. and Rashford. I mean, West Ham just just capitulated in here. Well, they, and, so, and also, the goal should never have been a goal. Shouldn't it? The ball it went out. out. And, and you can, if you watch the footage, I'm sure everyone's seen it. I'm sure they've done it to death. But when you watch it, watch David Moyes. Mm. Because he's already applauding the linesman. He's already, uh, sorry, right, yeah. I'll, throw, I'll throw, he's already yeah. doing it. And then when he notices that it's not been called, he loses his mind. Before the ball's even been played back to Pogba, he's yeah. going, what's going on here? Yeah. The players felt aggrieved. David Moyes felt aggrieved. And what, they scored two goals in three minutes or something yeah. United? They just never got over it. And then before they know it, they conceded two goals and the game's gone. 15 There's minutes, s- wasn't it, I think? Yeah, yeah three, all three, three goals yeah. in 15 So minutes. they literally lost their nerve. It was in their heads. And that's that's but, a huge problem. Now, you know, and they have every right to be aggrieved about that. But to me, they also only have themselves to blame. Yeah, well, West just, Ham should have been 3-0 up. Yeah. Like in, they had... you United was so poor in the first half. When Awful. West Ham missed enough chances to win three games yeah. in that first half. And so I, I think that West Ham only have themselves to blame. And and I United were lucky. And I I I still United won, but I think this game was a bit of an an indictment on Solskjaer what? in that you were completely outplayed by West Ham in that first half and it was literally break glass in case of emergency Fernandez <laughs> yeah. comes on yeah. and yes he's a very good footballer yeah. but is that not a worry for, for United that that's all you've got? It's a massive problem but also what will happen forever in purgatory is that Oli will win a game by accident like that and then lose against uh, Red Bull Leipzig this morning in one of the meekest performances ever. 2-0 down after 15 minutes when you have to get a point to go through, play around with your formation, play people, different people, whatever, gets it all wrong, and everyone goes, oh, no. It's Manchester Derby at the weekend. Man United will win. Probably. Yeah. Man United will win, and everyone will go, oh, it's all okay. And, and Pogba will score a hat-trick, John. And it, and it, it just goes on forever, and it will go on forever, and we'll be in sixth. Well, you won't have any success. Yeah, it's, and Welcome I mean, I to wonder. Mediocrity, John. <laughs> well, and I, yeah, and I think uh, if it wasn't a player with the history and connection with the club like Solskjaer, then maybe he wouldn't get that same leeway. But I think if I was Man United, you cannot look at those results. I would look at the West Ham game and go really poor for performance. Yeah, and then I would look at the game this morning. And I would go, we have to get a result. The Red Bull Leipzig left back on loan from Angelino. Man City, Angelino, has scored seven goals this season. Yeah. And like, we've got they, they set up their team yeah. to with to have an attacking left back that scores goals. Then within the first five minutes, he scored and he then sets up the second. Yeah. Like you know they're gonna do that. And I think the big thing for me is we we I remember watching the Brighton game. 
Mm. And it just struck Solid me. March did the yeah, same. Again and again yeah. and again, we saw Brighton getting, you know, overloading on the back post mm. and there being no one there. And the fullback getting sucked into the middle. You're and right. Acres of space. Acres. Acres. And that's exactly what happened area. against Leipzig, yeah. but they got a bit more quality. 2 0 up, yeah. game's gone. Yes, you know, you came back and showed some admirable spirit. But I, I mean, I look at those two games and I go, they, the, Solskjaer is under pressure. Yeah. Because those are, that was two really poor performances. Yeah, and that's I, not knee jerk, it's reaction to performance. Yeah. I also have a little bit of a problem with managers saying, oh, we have great, like, we've come back and win 3 1 against West Ham. Oh, we have great character. I don't think that's character. I think that someone like Bruno Fernandes, who's a winner... Going, he has character. He has character. No, but yeah, he has character, but not the team. It's an individual pride of going, I know that I'm better than this team, and we know that we're better than this team. As an individual, I'm going to make something happen. I can't think... I don't think Oli can take credit for that being an individual going... Because what happened in the first half, after the manager said, go out and play... Everyone's meek as shit and crap. Exactly the same as Smalling, all over the place. It's individual performances going, I don't want to walk off here. This is embarrassing. I'm going to go and do something to make it better. And Bruno goes and does it. Pogba was good this morning. Rashford might go and do it. But after a while, players run out of energy. And you need a manager who kind of gives you a bit of direction, a bit of passion, and a bit of like, this is what we're aiming to. Yeah. I think I think you have to get Pochettino in. This will this will kill your job. But there is everything I said about Liverpool ten minutes ago does not apply to Manchester United. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, you're right. And that's a problem because if if you accept two years of mediocrity, you want to be doing it for a reason. Yeah, you, there needs to be a purpose. Like you need to see that the whole club is progress. moving in a, yeah. in a single direction, and you can see those those green shoots. But you're right; it's ups and downs every fortnight. But it's been like that since the beginning. Um, with Pogba scoring, yeah, uh, scored a good goal. Very good goal. Very good goal. Great finish. How did you both feel about Mister Raiola? coming out and going coming was... out after Pogba scoring a good goal and it's... immediately trying to spruik? Pogba leaving it like to me that was calculated that was Pogba's visible for doing something good yep. so his market value might have increased so I'm going to get up there and spruik him leaving again if you're completely cold about it and you step back it's a simple scenario get rid of Pogba get rid of Solskjaer get Pochettino in done build team Brown Bruno it, like your team's better it's really easy. It doesn't have to be more complicated than that, John. No, no, like how much money Van, it costs. You've got Van der Beek sat right there, who's just as good as Pogba, who can play in similar positions. You've got a pretty good squad. You've got a couple of really good world-class players. Just get rid of the fanfare. Get rid of Oli. Get rid of Pogba. Just work hard. I, I felt a bit gross when Pogba scored. Does that sound, sound weird? No. It felt a bit like... Um, so undeserving. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. it was a great goal, and he'll get the, the he, plaudits. Well, he got all the plaudits, and he got all the headlines, and it was a great goal, and everyone enjoyed watching it. It's like, oh yeah, Pogba's, Pogba's back, and I thought, no bloke doesn't deserve to be Pogba's back more than Paul Pogba. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's, he has literally been on the beach for two seasons, yeah. and, and with no, you know, that spirit, that motivation, that drive. He's just not had it. And then, and then to have Riola come out afterwards and go, you know, he needs to move somewhere. He needs a different air to breathe. And you're like, how much does yeah. this bloke think of himself? And how much is he being told how special he is? And actually, that is absolutely ruining his his sportsman mentality. So yeah. for him to score a wonder goal, I'm like, you don't deserve that, kid. No, it's funny. I, I, 
for all that, I want to see him succeed oh, because yes. he is so good at football, and I get a lot when he, he can. He, be, yeah. he does stuff that, that there are very few players in the world that can do. Maybe yeah. none, like yeah. in terms of the way that he does it. And you know, he's like he's won a World Cup. Like he's, he, oh. you know, and he was brilliant in a World yeah. Cup. But I just, I, I agree with you, Jeff. And I, I just frustrates the hell out of me when you see that stuff and I think he's part of it is being so badly advised and you know mm. surrounding your people with people like Raola and perhaps being but I kind of a little bit of me is like still hoping that he goes somewhere else even and finds it again yeah because it's just I just feel like it's a waste it's a waste for, for football that he is there on the beach when he could be he could be amazing. United could be challenging for the league if Pogba was playing to the same level as Fernandez, yeah, yeah, same ability, and yeah. he's not. And yeah, that just—I hate Man United, but I kind of want to see it because I want to see how good they could but th- be. This does my head in right, and this isn't just us. This is everyone all the time that we look at players like Ozil and yeah. Pogba and continually give them all this credit for the player that they were. And we talk about, you know, why aren't they doing it? Why Maybe they're just not as good as they were. Yeah. Maybe just the last two years, they've got worse at football. That happens too. You're, you know, you've yeah. had injuries. Maybe you don't come back as well. And we, and we Unusual still... Unusual in the age bracket that Pogba's in. Well, but... but who knows? Who knows what's happened in, yeah. in the bloke's head? You know, who, who just... Who knows? Same with Mesut Ozil. We're talking about Ozil coming back for Arsenal. He could be the, the, the game changer. We're like, we haven't seen this bloke kick a ball in anger for a long time. And actually, we, again, what we've seen with Gareth Bale, he is not the player that we thought was sitting on the bench at yeah. Real Madrid. There is a reason why he was sitting on the bench at Real yeah. Madrid. He is not as good as we remember him being. Players, players always get, better. get worse. But players always get better when they're not playing in your head. You're exactly right. Because you, you remember when they yeah. were at their peak and you don't realise that three, four years has passed. They're four years older with far less experience because they're not playing yeah. they're not fit they're not sharp they, they they don't have this competitive edge that you have when they're young and hungry and maybe Pogba just isn't as good as we think he is he was good at the World Cup he has won the World Cup and he was good at Juventus and he was good when he moved to Manchester United maybe that was it and maybe we need to just accept that well he's frustratingly inconsistent and I think that's the thing that's really annoying is one week you go wow next week you go Geez, who is this guy? And it is just so. But it's in his head. That's yeah. the thing that's frustrating. Is you know, I don't necessarily agree with you in in that. I don't think he's lost it. I think it's just in his head. Like he's what? It's twenty eight. Twenty six. Twenty six. Got plenty of so time. So he's then you know players gem like and there is a lot of like a lot of history and evidence to show that players generally peak around twenty eight. Mm-hmm. So Pogba should not be on the way out yet, other than he's not playing. Yeah. And other than the stuff that's going on in his head, but I kind of like, what is going on in your head? You're playing for one of the biggest clubs in the world. You're getting paid lots of money. Like, this is the thing that really frustrates me. There is nothing there that he he should be motivated by that. He could grab it by the balls and go, yeah. you know what? You know, Man United are in a bit of flux. I'm going to be the main man yeah. and win Man United the league. And you see Bruno doing it. Yeah. You just, he can't do it on his own. But you don't see Pogba doing yeah. it. And I don't understand why, because he's got that ability. There's something, and, and it's, you know, mm. it's these intangibles about you, your, um, it, you know, the stuff that's in your head that we can't, a coach can't pick. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're watching a player and Pogba, there's obviously just something there that isn't quite right at the moment. Maybe if you go somewhere, it changes. I don't know. Um, we've got to move on to the other teams. As always, everybody at home, we're only going to get about a third of the way through the league because we like talking about football but that's fine um, but let's carry on we were going down the league and Southampton 
beat. Um, I've got Southampton win by a penalty, and I can't Brighton. Remember. Brighton, thank you. I can't see my small writing. Um, Jammy bastards. We're so not Brighton, talking about VAR this week. We're not talking about VAR. <laughs> no, we're not talking about VAR. Um, but it came up on Shedders and Volleys, so I do want to mention it. That um, so Brighton go a goal head penalty, um, which was a weird handball from. Ward Prowse. That is at the, right. You know, that is a handball. <laughs> that is as a handball as you'll ever see. Yeah. Literally, well, like, what's, what's he's, he's literally holding the ball <laughs> in the like, air. You're like, okay, that's a handball. That you can't, you can't even claim anything on that. Um, but this, and then Southampton equalise, and then they get a penalty. Danny Ings scores it, but it's right on the edge of the box. Um, and basically, Andy on um, Facebook says it's a really hard decision to make. But I think the ones like that need to go with the referee's decision. And I think that's spot on. It is is impossible to make. You don't know exactly whether it's inside or outside. Why are we changing well, it? Well, have you I don't know if you've heard the official explanation from the league is that they did know. So the official explanation and the reason the referee didn't go over and look at it is that the only decision that VAR were making was was the foul was it? inside or outside the box, which essentially they're saying is a binary decision. Yeah. And so that's... that's know, it's done. That, that's it, it's done. Yeah, okay. But well, where I have an issue with that, it's not... In how VAR is implemented, that is not listed as one of the decisions. As far as I'm aware, yeah. okay, I could be wrong. You've got to read a 32-page Yeah, PDF. I don't believe that that is listed as a decision where, is it, where it is completely factual. You know, on whether it, yeah, whether it is binary. Yeah, yeah, we know there are some things that are. But, but sticking on Southampton, they're fifth on 20 points, four points off the top. They're really quite good. Did you think it was a dive, by the way? The, the last one? No, so no one's talked about this, but my biggest thing about this was not that it was... Um, whether it was inside whether or outside. it was inside or outside. To me, the guy clearly dives. Walker Peters dives. It's one so. of those ones where there's a... Yeah, you watch it. He waits for the contact and mm. then he throws himself forward... Yeah, into the box. ...at just the right time. But there's an, there is an... He clearly puts forward motion in himself. Now, yeah, to me, okay. yeah. that's a dive. Yes, there yeah. was contact, but the contact, to me, does not worry. He makes the most of it, doesn't he? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, Leicester beat Sheffield United... Just oh god, poor Sheffield United. Sheffield United are fucked, aren't they? They were so good in this game. I thought yeah. they were really good. They've been, been really good, good in lots of games. Like, <laughs> and that's why I'm tempted to. I went to put some money on them at the weekend after this Surviving. game Surviving. to survive. Yeah. What's it, what's it paying? It's only paying like three thirty. It's the worst Premier League start in history. It, and so I'm like, that should be like ten bucks at least. Yeah. But it's three thirty. People and, still believe they're good. Yeah, and they I, but, are. but I watched really them, are. and I'm like. Is there that much different to last year? No. Like the, the football, it's it's good football. They're just not scoring goals, and you cannot create chance after chance after chance and not score goals. Yes. Um. But when Vardy goes through in the ninetieth minute, oh, how good's that? And he runs. It's great finish. But if you're John Egan, the guy that's chasing him... Oh, you wanted to foul him? You've got to take him out, haven't you? When you're on one point, you take him out. But I think he only had a second because Vardy's so quick that you have a split second and he's gone. But it's it's the 90th minute, so you get sent off, but you miss... So be it, yeah. Yeah, you miss 90 seconds of the game. Um, You miss the next game or two, yes. Get your Christmas off. You get a point. Oh yeah, he would have got Christmas off yeah. as well. He did not. He had. He had enough time to think this through. <laughs> Jamie Vardy's running past me. Would, I can have Christmas it's obviously off. Obviously, not in the spirit of the game. But um, if, if I'm Chris Wilder a, as a coach, I think I would be saying you should have taken him. Down. Who was it that a couple of years ago did that? Was it Atletico against 
Real, maybe. I can't remember, but there was... I think it was oh, in the Champions it, League. Was it Ramos? Uh, there was, it was just so good because somebody was just like, was like complete, the most blatant threw on goal yeah. and they just absolutely sighed them <laughs> yeah. down. Yeah. Like, and they just started walking off. I feel sorry for Sheffield United because they are better than their one solid, solitary point after 11 games. Yeah. But are they going to stay up? Well, they play Southampton away next week and you go, well, Southampton are in form. I, ju- I just can't see... What did Derby get that They year? are better Nine than points. the bottom five teams in the Premier League. Yeah. They are better. Derby got 14, which is 14. the worst ever. Um, they're better than everyone up to Newcastle, probably. Ars- Arsenal at 15? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> What's going on down there? Uh, yeah, I... <laughs> It's hard, but it's such an even league. This is why I still think they're in with a shout too. Because like you talked about, I actually thought the Brighton-Southampton game was kind of a bad advert for both of them because I think they're both really good sides and they didn't play that well in this game. Mm. But it is such an even league that Sheffield United only... I don't think anyone's going to go massive amounts ahead of them because it's so even people will beat each other a bit. But they need... a you know, We know the games come thick and fast over Christmas. So a couple of wins, they're right back in it. But they... It can't go on for much longer. No. Like one mm. point. Um, the last <laughs> game I really want to talk about is the fact that Crystal Palace scored five goals. Crystal Palace never score five goals. I don't think Roy Hodgson knows what five goals is. Benteke scored twice. Like, what the fuck's okay, going John, on? I've said this to you, right? When you watch this game, you're excited. Because Crystal Palace have scored five goals. Yeah. You're like, okay, oh, here we this go. Is special. Here, we, here we go. This is going to be good. I don't think there was a good goal scored in that game. Oh, no, Benteke's uh, second was all right. Mm. Nice turn. Kind of oh, yeah. nearly oh, lost yeah. the ball, but yeah. the turn was quite nice. Okay, no, I'll, I'll pay that. I'll pay that. But you, would you agree that the rest were absolute dog turds? There was a lot of kind of off knees and really, sho- headers that came off a shoulder. Yeah, and- really unintentional goals. You know, they made the most of where they randomly found themselves in on the park and it went in it, it wasn't a wholesome five goal but it was just also so Palace Wolf Zahar was involved in four of the five goals yeah. He's, yeah. They, they've lost their last two no Zahar Zahar's back they five win goals. Yeah, like, yeah. It, like, it's just so weird although um, Eze's looking really good uh, the guy they bought from QPR he's started playing really well and that kind of gives them a separate dimension it gives them something different to go oh there's at least one other player who's creative and interesting do you know who he reminds me of any of the IUs. Yeah, oh, I'm Andre, still not completely yeah. convinced by this. He's, he's, he's exciting, but his end product is his end product's not bad. Right, and his right, decision yeah. making yeah. is bad. He has all the raw materials, which is the reason why he probably went to Palace and he was playing in the Championship last year. Sorry, that sounds like really derogatory, but you know what I mean. The reason why he wasn't being snapped up yeah, at the top yeah. of the league because his, his decision making is still poor and his end product yeah, is he's poor. A bit flaky. Doesn't mean he's not exciting. When he gets on the ball, he's got a bit of the Adamola Lookmans about him. But um, but, <laughs> I, but I worry that that he's yet to develop into the player that we all hope he will be for Palace. But if Benteke, if they can find goals from Benteke, come if, on. If Benteke can go back five years, this is this is no, I don't, no, 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 I don't. Yeah, I well, I don't think he can, but. He scored two goals in a game, so I'm like, whoa, when was the last... Like, it has been five years yeah, but this is since the, Christian Benteke scored point, five goals. All I'm saying, <laughs> if he can do that, they will be safe this year. Because when he was good at football, he was actually quite good. He was a real handful, but he's just been like a ghost for 
three years. Yeah. This is it. He is such Five a years. good example of what I was saying about Pogba and Gareth Bale. It's like Ben Tech, we still say, it's still part of the rhetoric. Oh, get Benteke back scoring. Like, he's just not very good now. He was very good. Now he's not very well, good. Well, on Benteke, and I'm trying to rack my brain on who said this, and it might have been Michael Richards on the radio or possibly Tim Sherwood, but someone who was with him at Villa. Yeah. Um, and they trained with him. And in training, Benteke just couldn't score. Like, he oh, was wow. crap. And they were like, who the fuck is this guy we've bought for 25 million or what they bought him from for Belgium? Yeah. He was crap. Put him on the pitch, everything just went in. And they were like, well, done Marin training. We'll ignore it. Like, wow. Fine. So he's now actually reverted to him not scoring is reverting to his average. Yes. So yeah. basically, he's always been a bit crap, but just happened to score in games and it worked. Uh, <laughs> for and like, for I, a whole season. Yeah. Oh, for a while. And I remember the 2014 World Cup. Yeah. He was the lead striker above Lukaku. He, he kept Lukaku yeah. out of the team. Yeah. yeah. And you go, but yeah, maybe he's just a bit rubbish. Well, he is, isn't he? I mean, he is a bit rubbish. Mm. The last five years have told us that he is a bit rubbish. We shouldn't be saying maybe. He's, he he's crap. Hurricane's <laughs> still a one-season wonder. No. Um, has anyone got anything less left on the Premier League they want to talk about before we go on to side stories? Uh, no, I think I'm... Ready for some side stories? Ready for some side stories. I want to start side stories this week because this one really excites me. Do you know Bebeto? Yes. Yeah. He, like 90- he, he of the uh, baby celebration with Romario yes, at the World in Cup. in 94 yeah. World Cup. Yeah. You know the baby celebration? Yeah. That baby now plays for Sporting Lisbon. No. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. So uh, I oh, can't remember his name. Well old. Yeah, I know. But um, I was listening to uh, Quickly Kevin, the 90s football podcast, which everyone should listen to if they've listened to. Um, and yeah, but Beto does the celebration with the baby. That baby just got signed by Sporting Lisbon. That is no. brilliant. Amazing. Absolutely brilliant. Um, did you hear about the game in Sweden where, um, so it was uh, AIK against Elfsberg. Yeah. Did you hear about this? No. So it was 2-2 on 90 minutes. Yeah. And um, AIK, I think it was, it was AIK were down Elfsberg end and... Um, Oh, went for goal. The ball went out of play. So the goalkeeper, the um, Elfsberg goalkeeper, got the got the ball from behind. Got a second ball, like a, a, yeah. a new ball, not the ball that was in play. Yeah, a new ball from behind the goal. Ball and um, ball boy gave it to him, and he he punched it up. Counter attack was on. They were yeah. through. An AIK player got the same ball that the original ball that went out, and just punted it in. Punted it in play, and then another defender punted it at the. At the Elfsberg player who was on the counter attack, so there were two balls on the pitch. So the referee had to stop play yeah. and give the guy that punted it up a yellow card. So when we're talking about getting rid of a counter attack, essentially they just punted a second ball on the pitch and hoped for the best, and just to cause chaos. Stop play, stopped the counter attack. Game drew two two. Got a yellow card. That's it. Wow. Because well, um, Diego Simeone did that for Atletico Madrid in the Champions League. So the other team were counter-attacking. Yeah. And he the he was stood on the sideline near a ball and he just punted it on the pitch just as he was run, the guy running through. Two balls on the pitch. Oh, stop. And, and it worked. Um, I think he got a red card and a ban for a while. Well, in this instance, he got a yellow card. That is it. Yeah. And you watch the footage. For everyone at home, it's yeah. Elfsberg versus ARK. Watch it. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. That's a good tactic. I'm going to try it. Rod, you got any side stories? Uh, yeah, in a week of quite a few 
bad things happening in the world of football yeah. on the pitch in terms of um, racism and the yeah. like rearing its ugly head again. I thought I'd go to a positive note. Nice. Um, and I don't know if you saw this, but uh, um, Jordan Henderson. Yeah. Uh, now, we talked about a bit during lockdown and um, I, I think Jordan Henderson is obviously quite a good bloke. And he was a guy who organised a kind of fundraising for right. NHS and stuff yeah, with the so captains. Community-minded, yeah. like he's yeah. just all-round good egg. Um, but he came out, um, uh, so he's been supporting the um, Stonewall uh, Rainbow Laces campaign. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the captain's armbands of Rainbow. Yes. And yeah. before the game, he posted online, you know, this is, I'm proud to be, you know, wearing yeah. this as the armband today. Um, and there's a lifelong Liverpool fan um, called Keith Spooner. Um, it's a who, good name. Who, basically, the footballer came out as gay at 17. Yeah. Um, it was obviously shit because yeah, people are everyone shit. just take the piss. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, in the football world, it's just it, you know, it's appalling. But um, he just he basically said that he came out and he struggled, you know, as a teenager and, and being gay. But then seeing, you know, he idolizes Liverpool and seeing their captain come out and uh, you know wear the rainbow armband yeah. really meant a lot to him. And so he's posted it, and then straight away Jordan Henderson's replied and just said, "You'll never walk alone, Keith." That's awesome. And just said, you know, if 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 wearing it makes a difference to one person, it's all worth it. Then it's worth it. And then it's all just gone off on social media. That's but, fucking I brilliant. Mean, just that Henderson's gone and, and done taken that. the time yeah. to do that would, even if it's just for this one person, but it's more than that. You know, yeah. that that acknowledgement of of it as an issue and, and the support that it shouldn't be, I think. You know, and a, and a f- footballer going out of their way to do that should really be applauded. That's really so, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that's absolutely great. And, and I, I was struggled with side stories this week because there's so much negativity. You know, what happened in Paris this yes. morning and what happened yeah. with Millwall fans. So I, I found a couple of positive stories. Yes. Just like you, Roger. I'm enjoying this. About, Everyone's on a positive. <laughs> um, uh, just you know, having football fans back in stadiums is good. Yes, right? oh, yes. yes. So, yes. And there, so there were two things that I'm not going to say. Well, one of them's not quite positive, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Did you see the um, the Charlton fans? Uh, so Charlton fans lost. So they've they've waited eight months to get back yeah. in to watch a live game of football, and they booed their team off at the end. <laughs> 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 that is great. You waited eight months, and two thousand of you get the ability to boo off crap. Boo. Boo. You, like, you wanted these people back, but when it's your team, yeah. like, and you still, you, you know, we get to boo them. And yeah. it's kind of, oh, they would have enjoyed it and in a weird course, way, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Just like back to normal. And the other one was the Arsenal fans in the Europa League game singing at the empty away end when they were three 0 up. Yeah. You're not singing. You're not singing. You're not singing anymore. That's brilliant. So good. Um, I do enjoy like just hearing the crowd like if the referee falls over or something they all go Ray! Yeah. Like, oh yes that's back um, any other side stories have we got any time to talk about Barcelona or not yeah let's quickly talk about Barcelona because Barcelona are a basket case they lost 3-0 uh, to Juventus this morning yeah Ronaldo scored at home twice at home uh, they if Atletico win their game in hand they'll be I think it's 14 points off the top of the league and they're only seven points from the relegation zone. And they lost to Cadiz. They're in about, they lost to the Cadiz, who were a nobody. And I don't know if anyone has seen Cadiz's second goal scored by a 35-year-old Alvaro Negredo, but you should all go and watch it because brilliant. it's a brilliant comedy of errors that never happens to Barcelona, but it does. Yeah. Uh, but what the hell? Two words. 
Ronald. Ronald. <laughs> <laughs> but it's we thought it was a bizarre appointment, right? Yeah. And what happens from here? Like, because they're, well, they're the thing, in danger of it's not a bizarre appointment, Chelsea. But the club didn't want him. Messi, who it is important, which is weird, but it shouldn't be. But it is important. Messi didn't want him. The president didn't want him. The pres- like, they're doing the whole... They're in a huge amount of Is it because they got no money? Everything, everything, everything in that sw- club from top to bottom is screwed right now. Yeah. And they need an overhaul. And Ronald Koeman is the worst man to be in charge because he's such a narcissist. And they should have sold Messi. Maybe it's what... La Liga needs though because I'm not Madrid are entirely unconvincing this year I have as money well. on Atletico winning the league which I put on before the season started yeah, same. I'm like come on but I, I just but but also uh, you know some unfancied teams that you know Sociedad are up in yeah. second and it is what that, that, um, that maybe needs, maybe yeah. La Liga needs that bit yeah. Yeah. Um, right we're ready for end game yeah. end game um, Rog you are the games master so the scores are I'm on three Roger's on four Jeff's on five five so I, I I don't like the pressure of doing this in person. I feel like when I'm at home, I'm better at this. Yeah, that sounds like you. Yeah, I'm not good but in pressure. We are in I'm person. a pressured situation kind of guy. So the big game this weekend, without a doubt, is not the Manchester derby. It's Leeds versus West Ham. Leeds, West Ham. So I have gone back to... I haven't got the date on here, but it's um, 2002. 2002. I can't tell you the month. I hope that doesn't matter, but it's 2002. Um, it is uh, West Ham 3, Leeds 4. What a game. Uh, managers? Managers aren't on my list. Sorry. Oh, come on, Rog. I've got the players. Here we go. Uh, so, Glenn Roder is the manager for West Ham. Uh, Terry Venables. Oh, what an oh. L-Tel. L-Tel is the manager for Leeds. Uh, West Ham conceded four goals in the first half. Wow. West Ham three, Jesus. Leeds four, 10th of November, 2002. Glenn Roder... And El Tell. Oh, God. Um, John, you can go first. Thank God for that, because I'm crap. Mark Viduka. Mark Viduka is correct. Yes. Scored. Uh, Alan Smith. That's a good call. Alan Smith is a good call, but he didn't play in this game. Oh. No, Alan Smith. Still got a life, Jeff. It's all right. Um, whilst we're sticking local, Harry Kuehl. Uh Harry Kuehl, correct, scored twice. Freddie Canute. Ooh. Oh, wow. No. Uh, no, Frederick Canute. Oh. Oh, do, I have, do I get this one right? No, I've got the... You, you got started. Done. God damn it. I thought you guys might have got... A I've got a few, few more ones. here. Robinson in goal? Yep. Dominic Matteo? No. Rio Ferdinand? Uh, no. I just wrote Ferdinand because it might it have could been. Could have been Anton, yeah. yeah. Uh, Lampard? Uh, no. Joe Cole? Yep. Oh. Michael Carrick? Yep. Seth Johnson? Uh, for Leeds? Left back. He was good <laughs> no, for Leeds. No, no, from, he was Derby and then he went yeah. to Leeds. Yeah. Jonathan Woodgate? Uh, no. Gary Kelly? 
Yeah, Paul Robinson in goal. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. Gary Kelly, Lucas Radebe. Oh, Lucas Radebe, yeah. Uh, Lucic, uh, Ian Hart. I thought we might have got oh, Ian Hart. Yeah. Nicky Barmby. Oh, Nick wins at Leeds, Leeds didn't he? Nicky yeah. Barmby. Uh, Lee Bowyer. Yeah. Eric oh. Backer. Oh, I remember Eric Backer. He was crap. Uh, Wilcox. Now, yeah. interesting. James Milner came on for Wilcox on 84 minutes. James Milner's still going. That was 18 years ago. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Uh, Mark Viduka and our mate uh, Bridges came on for Viduka. He was on the list, Michael Bridges. Uh, Harry Kuehl and McPhail. Do you remember Stephen McPhail? Oh, he was crap. Yeah, he was very crap. Came on for Kuehl. On the bench, uh, Nigel Martin and Dubes. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Michael Dubry. Uh West Ham, David James in goal. Oh yeah. Sinclair. Trevor Sinclair. He was on my list. Christian Daly. Oh. Uh Repka. Remember the oh, check? Yeah, he just got he was an angry yeah, man. He was such an angry man, yeah. Uh uh and Schemmel came off. Remember he had like I don't like, remember him. Oh, he was one of those like inherently average European players that um just got West Ham used to sign. Had like long hair. I can't remember his nationality, maybe Swiss. Yeah. Anyway. Uh Ian Pierce. Oh yeah, he was crap. Another thug. Um Nigel Winterburn. Oh, we must have been four hundred years old by then. Steve Lomas. Cisse came on for him. I don't remember that, Cisse. Uh Cole Carrick. Defoe, Decanio. Oh, Decanio, of course. I should have got so deep in that. Yes. Raymond Man. van der Howe on the, on the bench. God damn it. Scott Roger, that, is, that was a tough game. Do you know what that means tough as well? Game. Because there isn't a shed for, like, with, with all three of us for a couple of weeks. That means I can be Christmas champion. No, no, I'm top at Christmas, John. Yeah. No, but I won the most recent game. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but if you yeah, uh, remember your John last game, I, if Sheffield United won their most recent game, they would still be bottom of the league. I'm with Jeff on this. Oh, Jeff's sh- Christmas number one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crap. <laughs> but what's, what's the scores on the? Doors? So the scores are four for George me, doors? four for Rog, and five for Jeff. So very close. four, four, five. Yeah, or five, mm. four, four, depending on how you want to look at it. I want to look at it five, four, four. Um, has anyone got anything before we go? No. No. <laughs> Lots of football. Like yeah. I, I kind of, it's like on me, up on me a bit. But it's Christmas. And it's gonna be a shit load Christmas of is great because it's like game every day for yeah. three weeks. I don't know how we're gonna do that. Just keep watching. Well, I'm not don't working. Sleep. It'll be wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> um, thanks for listening, everyone. We will be back next week. Uh, just Roger and I, I think. Don't forget if you want to get in contact, ask us questions, or tell us we're wrong about something. Just find us on Facebook or shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail dot. Bye, everybody. Bye.